Welcome back to the Lifted Warrior Podcast. My name is Cameron. I am excited to have you here. Um, We are coming up to the end of our Modeled After Jesus series. And if you've been here for the whole ride, man, just go ahead and applaud yourself. Um, I really do greatly appreciate you guys coming in and joining me on this journey. But then also, um, you know, just as we end this thing off, I think it's so imperative that we go ahead and address one aspect that I don't see being talked about as much in the Christian community as it needs to be, even as it almost, even as it used to be um, before, and that's being able to multiply what God has given us into other people. Um, You know, there's so many different things that we go through in life. Um, There's so many different things that, you know, happen where, you know, we kind of, you know, shy away from it for whatever reason, whether it was a bad situation with someone who, you know, was trying to mentor us or whether, you know, we had a bad situation with, um, you know, attempting to mentor something, someone else. But this is something that is so gravely important in the body of Christ. It's being able to multiply yourself into, you know, multiply what God gave you in the heart of God that is in you and to other people. So let's get into it. So, you know, before we jump too far into it, though, I, if you've been listening to this podcast from start, then I know I I just know that God has done a mighty work within you or even just begun to do a mighty work within you to be able to transform your life. And what I want to, you know, preface this with is that don't expect to be perfect, but expect to be better daily. Um, another thing that kind of holds a lot of people back from being able to go ahead and then be be able to mentor or disciple the next generation is that we think we have to have everything perfect. We think that we have to have everything in line or we think that we have to have, you know, arrived to the certain point in life when that's just not the case. We really just need to be able to properly monitor what God gave us and then be able to invest that into the people behind us, into the people who may even already look up to you. So now it's just time for you to take on that fully and begin to invest into the next generation, the next invest into the next people, the next um, wave of leaders, the next wave of of thought of thought leaders, or thought provokers, or strategists that are coming behind you. And multiplication in the kingdom does not always look like you creating 10 more people. Um, Sometimes it's just really honing in on one person. But because that one person is able to reach a a wide range of people that you were never able to reach, then you truly did multiply what God gave already gave you. If you think about the the, the story of uh, of the talents, you know, God came back. And he he checked and he monitored the people the the people that he gave the talents to, and because the person at the end did not invest their talents into anything, God saw that person as detestable or you know as lazy as someone that was wasn't worthy of even having the one talent that 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 was given to him. So we have to be you know diligent not just with our not just with our talents and investing in things that we're doing but also investing in people and allowing them to carry that mantle forward and even past and deeper into you know what God has for the next generation um and then keep in mind that I'm not telling you that you have to create the next version of yourself uh, that's not what <laughs> that's not what God intends that's not what I'm telling you to do but what I'm telling you is that 
you have to be able to see the God into in the next person and be able to uh, pour into that, be able to grow that, be able to feed that so that they then are able to carry out the vision that God has given them by being able to be discipled, by being able to be mentored by you, you were able to cultivate and multiply that thing that God gave you into the next generation. And it's hard though, because I know a lot of people have had a bad experience, especially this previous generation. Like I saw a post on Facebook from um, a pastor who I follow, his name is JJ Jones. And he was asking why we see such a lack in people of people in church who currently are willing to go and disciple others. And as I thought about it, I came up with two two things that I think is the case. And the first one is because they themselves did not experience discipleship. Um, and then secondly, they think they have it all together. I, I touched on that briefly, but the first one is, um, you know, just speaking for myself personally, I don't feel like I had someone who was really just able to grab my hand, invite me into their life and show me, you know, how they carried this thing, how they walked with God, how they were able to fashion themselves in a way that was pleasing to God, how they were able to deeply understand the things that God was calling them to, how they were able to flesh out their purpose. And, you know, just, you know, honestly, just how to, how to be a man of God, even, even forgetting all the purpose and all the, the ministry behind it, but even just how to be a man of God. I, you know, I've definitely had some men who I looked up to. I definitely had some men who were able to, you know, give me tips and pointers here and there. But as far as like having true discipleship where like I was able to be invited into the intimate places of this person's life, that just didn't happen for me. Now trying to stretch out and do that for the next generation, I'm I'm in a place where I have to kind of fill it out for myself and see what, and, and kind of find where God is in this. And then the second thing is they think that they have to have a lot of good. This is something that I struggled with so much. Like I, I really thought that I had to be perfect or I had to be have come to a place where I've arrived and I've, you know, accomplished what I want to accomplish in Christ before I'm able to disciple the people behind me. But that's that's just not what it is. You really just have to be, you know, one step ahead of the people that you're leading. Um, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so as I'm following Christ, I can bring other people in to follow me. And then that creates this true discipleship where they're able to see the intimate parts of my life. They're able to see how I cope with marriage or how I manage marriage, how I manage, you know, being a father, how I manage being, um, having a full-time job and how I manage even then, you know, trying to operate or trying to move into ministry from a standpoint of, of, you know, even the podcast and how that looks and how you can balance all of that, Right. And so why must we have the mind to multiply? Very simply, like it's the mandate of the gospel to go and preach to all the ends of the earth. Very simply, it's the mandate of the gospel to go and preach to all the ends of the earth. But we know that we ourselves as one human being, our lives are but a vapor. We can't literally go into all of the earth ourselves. But if we're able to impart the peace of God that God gave us into other people or able to multiply that gift that God gave us into into other people, then we're fulfilling this call of the gospel because they are able to go and reach other people who we're never able to reach. They're able to go into places that we ourselves were never able to go to. The second thing is the way you change a nation is not by coming against the nation. It's by winning the battleground of the people within that nation. 
I was talking to my brother and one thing that he said to me was really powerful. He was saying that you don't need to attack the atmosphere if you fix the people that are in the atmosphere, because we know like the atmosphere, as far as like a nation, the atmosphere, as far as a state, a city, a church, the atmosphere or what makes up that atmosphere are the people. So if you can change the people, then you can change the atmosphere too often, you know, in church, we focus on shifting the atmosphere, but we need to be focusing on shifting the hearts of the people and the hearts of the people will then change the atmosphere that we're in. And then the last thing is that ministry is meant to happen through us, not for us, not to us, but through us. So if we're truly saying that we're ministers of the gospels, if we're truly saying that we are even just believers of the gospel, then the ministry of God, the ministry of Jesus should be happening through you. Yes, you know, God is going to do mighty, mighty things through your life. It should be happening through you. If it comes to you and it's stuck there, that's an issue. So knowing these things, and then how did Jesus himself or how did Jesus multiply himself? The first thing that he did, he said, follow me. Jesus identified people who would be serious about the work of ministry and then invited them into his life. We see this in Mark 117. It says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So what Jesus was doing, he was going and he was scanning and he was he was really just following God. But he was looking for people who would be willing to lay down their own life to be able to follow him and become intimate with him, with him, his life so that he could multiply the, the spirit of God that was within him into the people that, into the 12 disciples that was following him. They literally went from town to town together. Like he, they were living together. They were eating together constantly. They were doing life together. Like they were praying together. They were, they weren't just going out into the field and seeing Jesus minister to the people. No, they lived with him. And this allowed them to see not just the works of him interacting with people, which is, to be honest, is only like 10 percent or less than 10 percent of what true ministry is. But it allowed them to see how he fashioned his life. It allowed them to see how he resisted temptation. It allowed them to see how he filled himself up before he went out. It allowed them to see how he wrestled with his own flesh. The second thing that he did was teach. And we see this in Mark 434. But without a parable spake he unto them, and when they were alone, he expounded upon all things to his disciples. So not only were they in his life, but by being in his life, he was able to teach them in ways that he wasn't able to teach the, the crowds that he went in and preached to. So Jesus would go out and he would regularly speak in parables to the people that he was preaching to. But when he came back, he expounded on those things to the disciples so that they were able to clearly understand what it was that he was trying to convey to the people so that they were able to then, once he died, be able to take that and multiply it into churches, multiply it into nations that Jesus himself never set foot in. And then the third thing that he did was encourage them to go. We see this in Luke 9 and 2, and it says, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So after Jesus had got them with him, they had been together for a while. He's taught them. They've seen his life and how he, he fashions himself. Then he encouraged them to go out and do it themselves. So what Jesus was doing, he was giving them some training and some understanding on how to do these things when he was no longer there. He was showing them not just what they should be doing, but giving them opportunity to do that before he was away. And even when they went out and they were unsuccessful, 
God would still use that as an encouragement and as, as a teaching moment. He didn't use that as a way to bash them, but he used that as a way to can further grow them up, to further multiply the spirit of God that was living within him into them. So knowing this, knowing what Jesus did, how must we model this? And what does it look like in our world today? There's three things that I want to touch. The first thing is we have to bring people into our life. There should be, and what I mean by this, there should be an aspect of one-on-one. I love what a lot of people are doing where they have these classes where they're mentoring and they're, they're discipling people virtually. And the true heart of that, though, is being able to get one-on-one with people being able to get deeply rooted into the life of another individual so that you can see how they navigate not just the highs, but how they also navigate the lows. So you can see not just how good they can minister, not just how effectively they can break down text, but how effectively they can love their wife, how effectively they love their kid, how effectively they create a safe environment in their home because that all the, the ministry is all-encompassing. Being a follower of Christ is all-encompassing. It's not just one area. So there has to be an aspect of one-on-one here. Secondly, we there's a, there's an ability to teach. Now, again, when I say this, you don't have to have it all figured out. But what you do know, what you do understand, what you do have experience with, you then have to be able to teach that to the people who you bring into you. And then the last thing is the sending out. You should be giving them opportunities to walk out what it is that you are teaching them. If there's never a test, then what we learn just gets thrown out the window. You can think about that just with, you know, just with schooling. Like if you never took a test on anything, you didn't have a reason to put it into your long-term memory. You didn't have a reason to put it into a place where you could actually understand these things. So moving into application, how can we apply these things to our daily lives? First thing that we have to do is we have to first begin to live a life that is correct with God. We can't live a double life where we proclaim one thing or we profess one thing and then at home we do another. And once we do this, we won't be ashamed to bring people into what we are doing on a daily basis. We won't be afraid to show believers what show believers our lives. And then after that, we got to get back to bringing people in. And I know that, again, I know that the last generation or the generation before us, you know, they had some things that they're healing from and they didn't want to get into it. But in order to truly be able to move effectively and multiply effectively and, and create a safe place for biblical principles to even be talked about, we have to first bring people into our lives. We have to first be able to connect with people. I can't begin to, I can't try to teach you before I've connected with you. I can't try to correct you on something before you know I have your best interest in heart or you know my heart and I know your heart. And again, this doesn't have to be something big. This is, what we're trying to do here is just create true fellowship. So what it is that we're doing is just you bringing the next guy in. You you invited him over to dinner. You invited him over to the gym. You invited him over to watch the game. Whatever it is that you do, invite that person who is looking up to you. Just invite him into that space. And again, not trying to do anything big, not trying to do anything grand, not trying to you know sit down and have a Bible study with them. Just invite them into your life. Then after that, after you've built that relationship and you know him personally, then you can begin to teach. And it'll happen naturally because naturally the person who looks up to you is going to start asking questions. They're going to ask you, well, why do you do things this way? Or why did you, you know, you know, have that conversation that way? Or why do you, 
um, not entertain these things? Like, why are you doing these things, right? And then that naturally becomes a breeding ground for teaching to happen. It naturally becomes a breeding ground for true discipleship to happen. And it's not forced. The person knows that you have their best interest in heart. And even better, they're the one coming to you with the questions. You're not the one coming to them, trying to tell them how they should live their life, but they're coming to you and they're able to correct, guide them and teach them in that. And then once those first two steps have happened, or really three steps, you know, getting your life together, bringing people in, and then, you know, teaching after that, once those three steps have happened, now you begin to put yourself in a place where you can advocate for their voice. You can advocate, you know, for what it is that they do. You know, if they have a business, you can advocate for their business. If they're in ministry, like, uh, you know, speaking ministry, you can advocate for them to, you know, to come to come speak. If you have a platform yourself and, you know, you've been laboring with these people, now you can begin to, you know, trust them. You can begin, you can trust their voice in that space, you can trust their voice when you go out or when you you when you don't have the ability to go out because you're you already have previous obligations, you can then send those people advocating for them. So as we wrap up, this is the challenge this week. I want you to find someone in the local church who is still young in their walk. They may be just months behind you. They may not be far behind at all. And welcome them into your life. But again, don't try to teach or push them, you know, push into their personal life or anything like that just yet. What I want you to do is just allow them to walk alongside you in your life. Allow them to see how it is that you walk through life, how you navigate through life, how you manage things. And just be like an older brother. Be, you know, uh, you know, if they want you to be their mentor, be a mentor or, or even just be a friend. Get to know them and let them get to know you. And God will do the work from there. Thank you guys for stopping by and listening through the podcast. If you want to continue to build your foundation in Christ, I need you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Also, if you would like to support the ministry, just click the link in the description. Until next week, stay lifted.